Well, good morning, Hillcrest Church. I'm Pastor Brad. And uh, how, how was your Thanksgiving this year? Pretty good? A um, little different than you've had in the past? I, um, my wife, Roxy, and I, uh, we thought we were going to be joined by two of our boys who live up in Omaha and one of their friends. And so I, I had this great idea. I said, Let's, we live up in Overland Park, and so we went to the Kansas City Culinary, and they had this sort of dinner for six flat price. And I thought, hey, this is great. We can, they can cook. We'll go pick it up. We'll have this dinner for six. We'll have a house or apartment full of uh, our family. It's going to be great. And then our, our boys uh, uh, called us uh, late last week and said, you know, we're, we're probably not going to come down. <laughs> so this is, this is what our Thanksgiving looked like. We're sitting in our little apartment with dinner for six, and uh, we, it was a very enjoyable and lovely time, but I got to tell you something, um, I like turkey and stuffing and cranberry sauce and all that stuff, but we're going to have food for the next three months, maybe? So that was our Thanksgiving. We we're thankful, but it was different. And if yours was different like mine, uh, be encouraged, because I think a lot of us were in a similar um, place this year. Well, I want to um, read for you a passage of Scripture that comes from the book of Luke, and it is the uh, first uh, uh, passage that we're going to look at during this new sermon series that we're in called Unexpected, and uh, the, the passage comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is, he, is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So today, as we've already discovered, is the first Sunday in Advent. We, we lit our first candle. I hope you had an opportunity to do that at your home as well. Um, just a word to the wise, don't forget to blow it out uh, at some point today. Uh, anyway, uh, we're also beginning this series of sermons that I'm, kind of, I'm excited about, and it's called Unexpected. And today, um, we're going to talk a little bit about unexpected hope as we find it in this text. Now, not, not too many of us would argue at this point point, uh, that this past year has been pretty unexpected, which gives us a hint, I think, of what the characters in the birth narrative that we read just a minute ago also experienced. In fact, life, if you think about it, is mostly a series of unexpected surprises, unexpected events that take place. I was reminded this past week that it was 41 years ago, 40, 41 years ago, when I received a distinct and personal call into pastoral ministry. I was 18 years old. If you're doing the math right now, that means I'm 58. I'm going to be 59. I know. I don't look that old. Well, the, the hair. I, okay, I get it. Um, so 41 years ago, I received this calling from God to do what I've done for the last 40 years. 
And, and you don't often stop and consider those kinds of uh, things, but I, was, I, I did, and it was, it, it was unexpected. My interest up until that point was to be an architect. And look at me now. <laughs> you know, I missed out. Um, uh, and, and it happened in a, in a wonderful way. I was in a worship service in Holzbybrunn, Sweden, uh, where I was a, a, school, a student at the time, and it was a Thanksgiving service where I had this unbelievable sense that God was saying, Brad, I, I want you to be involved in the work of the ministry. And I remember at, as, a, as an 18-year-old kind of coming out of that service and thinking to myself, God, um, are you sure you, you didn't get, miss the wrong person? Maybe you meant to talk to the person next to me and not me. But at any rate, it worked out fine. And it was, uh, it was equally unexpected for me when I fell in love with a young woman at that same school whose name was Roxy. She was from this foreign land called Canada. And uh, she became my wife 36 years ago. And we've known each other now for over 41 years and it was unexpected when I came home from my first church in Bedford, New Hampshire as an associate pastor where I heard the news that Roxy and I were going to have our first child. That was unexpected. It was unexpected when I received a phone call informing me that my senior pastoral colleague had suddenly died of a heart attack. And I was left to grieve and at the same time pastor a 500-member congregation as a young associate pastor. And if you think that maybe that was the beginning of my uh, uh, experience as a, as a transitional interim pastor, it could have been. It could have been. It was unexpected when I was on the fifth hole of the golf course and I was playing the, the game of my life which I don't have too many of those kinds of games, when I received a phone call from Roxy who, who indicated that her water had broke and I better get home right away. Roxy, really? I, I'm playing a really good golf game right now. Brad, get home. Well, okay, you, you get the point, right? You get the point. Life is often a series of unexpected events that has dramatic and sometimes long-lasting impact implications on our lives. So today... We're going to look at this familiar story from Luke's Gospel, which describes Mary's encounter with her cousin Elizabeth uh, prior to the birth of Jesus. We will witness the unexpected way Elizabeth reacts to this news, this good news that Mary is pregnant. And we will see in the midst of this unexpected news, the byproduct of this unexpected news is hope and promise. And that's often the case, and I want you to, I want to stop there for a minute and just say that when you find yourself in unexpected circumstances, look for the, the byproduct of this being hope. And that's sort of our theme today anyway. So the central character in our story today is Elizabeth. And I, um, I read the, the, the brief passage for you. She has a husband named Zechariah. And I didn't read that part of the passage because we're going to take a look at Zechariah at a later Sunday here in Advent. But if, uh, at any rate, we're introduced to Elizabeth as she and Mary meet each other, uh, each with good news to share with the other. Both were pregnant under completely different circumstances. Elizabeth and Zechariah had been without children for 
uh, their entire lives. They were getting up in years, and while the text doesn't provide us with much background about them, we can surmise that they must have yearned for a child for many of those years. And then suddenly, Elizabeth has unexpected news to share with her aging husband, Zechariah. Hey, hey, Zechariah, guess what? Guess what? When the child in Elizabeth's womb heard Mary's greeting, Luke tells us that the baby leapt with the recognition that he was in the presence of the Savior of the world. The baby actually leapt. And then Elizabeth proclaims this blessing on her cousin Mary, and I want you to hear this. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This prophetic proclamation from Elizabeth's lips on her cousin Mary is the very first time Jesus is recognized as the Savior of the world in the Gospel of Luke, and he's not even born yet. By the inspiration of the Spirit, Elizabeth recognizes that the baby Mary is carrying is no ordinary baby. And Elizabeth does what any one of us would have done had we been there. She pronounces a blessing over Mary, and she proclaims her recognition of who Jesus was and is. So on hearing the news from Mary, Elizabeth does two things. And if you're at home, you're going to see this on the screen. If you're in the building, you're not, so you'll have to take my word for it. But Elizabeth does two things. She blesses and she proclaims. Did you catch that? Now, at first, this may appear to be a fairly routine greeting between cousins who who haven't seen each other in a while. But remember, Elizabeth has been unable to have children until the miraculous news of her own pregnancy. And I can imagine, I can just imagine that she was pretty excited to share the news with her cousin Mary. Because that's what what women do when they're pregnant. They share the news with, with anybody and everybody. But before she can inform Mary of her own good news, she intuitively recognizes the wonderful news that Mary wants to share as well. And if having a baby wasn't significant enough news, Mary is pregnant with the Savior of the world. How can Elizabeth's joyful news actually compete with that? Yet Elizabeth... Elizabeth is humble enough to recognize that she is in God's presence. And before sharing her own good news, she blesses Mary first. I don't know about you, but sometimes the holidays can be be an exercise in keeping up with the Joneses, if you know what I mean. Our neighbor is taking their whole family to Florida for the holidays, and we're just going to go up to Miriam and shop and have some Swedish food at Ikea. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. I thought, that, I thought that was kind of funny. 
Everyone's family seems to love each other and have such a wonderful time being together during the holidays, while the only thing our family seems to do when we get together is to argue with each other and dig up old grudges. Does it sound familiar? It's true for me. I, I confess, our family doesn't get along all the time. If Elizabeth has anything to offer us this Advent season, it's that having the humility to bless others regardless of our own life situation is as important as anything that we will ever do this season, this holiday season. Let, let me just say that again. It, it's that having the humility to bless others regardless of our own life situation, may be as, as important as anything that we do this Christmas season. And the blessing comes, as you know, in a variety of ways. Sometimes we can bless others with the gift of our time. And that, that's actually a big thing because we're, many of us are so busy all of the time. Just giving others our time is a huge gift. And we, and we simply take time to be with those who are important to us without worrying about the next event on our calendar or about the next item on our to-do list. We just give them our time. Blessing is about how we use our time in Advent. Sometimes blessing comes in the form of gratitude. We, we can bless others by saying thank you to those who make our lives easier in some way. We bless those who bag our groceries by saying thank you before we grab our cart and hurry out to the car so we can get that next parking spot right next to the next uh, store that we want to visit. We bless others by saying thank you when we leave a tip for their service at our table. Sometimes blessing others comes in the form of simply acknowledging a person's importance in our lives when we remind them how our lives have been immeasurably richer because of their presence in them. So when was the last time you thanked your child or your spouse or your parent simply because they have enriched your life? Now, if, if you're a teenager or a uh, uh, a child, and you want to uh, bless your parents, and you intend to thank them for enriching your life, just make sure that they're sitting down before you do that, unless, you're, unless you do this a lot. For some of us, uh, the fact that they put up with us is reason enough to thank them. Elizabeth does all of these things when she blesses Mary. But she doesn't stop at simply proclaiming a blessing. Elizabeth also recognizes that the child that Mary is carrying is the Son of God. This is an important detail for Luke because he wants us to know through the witness of Elizabeth who Jesus is. It's pretty easy to go through the Christmas holiday season without, without paying much attention to the birth of Jesus as sort of the central character of the season. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, even for us, those of us who are, who are, who, who are in the church and, and thinking about the sort of the religious implications of this season, it's still easy to set Jesus off to the side. 
If you, if you watch many of the best-loved Christmas uh, movies that you can stream this time of year, and I've already started my, my streaming list of favorite movies, um, you could be led to believe that Christmas is about uh, Clark Griswold having the best-lit house on the block or the anticipation of his Christmas bonus to put in a new in-ground pool, Right? It's easy to think that Christmas is about a man in a green elf costume wandering around New York City looking for his long-lost father and bringing unexpected joy to those around him, just like the elf did. The central character of Christmas is what Elizabeth recognized that day when her child leapt within her. That child that Mary will give birth to is the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And he can be our Savior too, and is, even in the most difficult of times, even in the times that are disrupted by all kinds of things going on around us. When Elizabeth proclaims that Jesus is Lord and then humbly asks why should she be the one who is visited by the mother of her Lord, she is actually framing the reason for Jesus' birth for all time. I mean, think about it. This encounter between two pregnant women and the hill country of Judea becomes Luke's way of announcing the birth of the Savior of the world. There were no advertising campaigns. There were no billboards. There were no, you know, um, social media blitzes. It was a woman who had lived a life of disappointment who discovered because of her pregnancy that she was in the presence of the Son of God. There will be others in this Christmas season and this Christmas story who will come along and they will recognize who Jesus is and proclaim him as Lord. But Elizabeth is the first. Elizabeth is an old woman who never thought that she'd have a child of her own. But even in the midst of that disappointment and despair, perhaps, she finds hope and recognizes who Jesus is. Of all the characters in the Christmas story, Elizabeth provides us with what I believe is a perfect picture of hope. Elizabeth gives us a picture of an appropriate way for each of us to enter into this holiday season. We may be weary from all of the mask wearing and social distancing. We may be tired of the disruption and the change that we've experienced here at Hillcrest over the last 12 or 15 months. We may be discouraged because we thought things were going to be different this past year. I, I, I did. But we can respond to our present circumstances with hopelessness or following the example of Elizabeth, we can be filled with hope as we bless others and proclaim that Jesus is still Lord even in the midst of all of the uncertainty and loss that we have. Who is God calling you to bless this Christmas season? What unexpected opportunities is God giving you to turn this Christmas upside down and inside out so that others may know the joy of their salvation? I su suspect that just 
on the basis of asking that question that many of you already know the answer. You see a face. You recognize a place. You know a person that God is asking you to bless. Let me put it a different way. Who needs to hear from you how important they are to you? Who are the people who could use the additional blessing of your generosity? And once we've blessed others this Christmas season, we will be in a better position to witness to the reality that Christmas is about the birth of a Savior who has come for the salvation of the world and not about all the other trimmings and stuff that that entrap us during this time of year. Now, you might be thinking right now, Brad, this, this is all a great idea, but, but it was a whole lot easier to be a blessing to others when we weren't having to simultaneously deal with a COVID pandemic on top of it all. Was it? What if COVID has stripped away all of the unnecessary trappings of the holiday season and left us with what in the end matters most of all? Maybe COVID has done us a favor by allowing us to skip the big holiday trip and instead find joy in simple acts of blessing and generosity. The story of Elizabeth is a story of hope in the midst of discouragement. The example of Elizabeth is about a woman who has the humility to set aside her own expectations in order to bless and proclaim. The story of Elizabeth is an unexpected reminder to each of us that the birth of Jesus isn't just life-changing for Mary and Joseph, but it is life-changing for us as well. This unexpected news of Jesus' birth can simply, excuse me, can simplify our celebration so that being together with loved ones and friends in person or on Zoom is just as important as all of the other trappings that this Christmas season might bring. The unexpected news of Jesus' birth can bring us hope and promise just like it did to Elizabeth so that Christmas 2020 can become our opportunity to bless and proclaim and give thanks for a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. But I have a hunch if we make this Christmas more about blessing and proclaiming who Jesus is to a watching world, it may be a Christmas like none other we have experienced in our lifetime. Let's pray to that end, shall we? God, thank you for Elizabeth and the way that she responds to this blessed opportunity to meet her Savior right there in the womb of her cousin Mary. Thank you for, even in the midst of Elizabeth's sadness, discouragement, that she was able to recognize who you are 
and she was able to bless her cousin and inadvertently bless the world. And even those of us who are sitting in our homes participating in this service are sitting in the sanctuary right now because of her response. God, thank you for Elizabeth who gives us hope. And may our uh, holiday season, our Advent, be filled with opportunities for us to both bless and proclaim your goodness in a world that needs to hear that more than ever. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray.